You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. It's funny because a lot of the testimony shared was about the three second breath of God in your life. And you know, how long is three seconds? 1,001. 1,002, 1,003. Well, when you're standing here listening to someone count, you're like, oh my gosh, are they just about done? But when God's speaking to you, you're like, don't you have something else? Come on, I need more, Lord. That, that three seconds, I, I, that was just enough to stir me, not enough to move me because I don't actually know what I'm doing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, you know, it's interesting as we share testimonies, uh, even Marquita's about the dress. You know, just think about that. One of the words that Pastor Gene said earlier is that God's going to do these things that, you know, that are completely out of our structure, out of our norm, out of what we understand. So you shop for five days and then God says, put on the dress that doesn't fit. And, you know, the, the response to that is really. <laughs> do I really want to torture myself again? You know, and God's just like. That's the breath. That's the three seconds. Put it on. And all of a sudden, the wonder of God transforms the body to fit in a dress from five years ago. That should be, that's enough right there. We can all go to breakfast now. I, I just find this, I find this move of God, this three second move uh, a ponderment, a wonderment. And, and really, I, 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 I find myself stuttering because I don't actually know what to say to this move that he's doing in our lives. But we're going to talk a little. We're going to read a little scripture. We're going to talk about some things. We're going to go to Luke 5 um, because I don't uh, One of the words that keeps coming into my mind or this phrase is you ain't seen nothing yet. And you got to be a real southerner to understand. I gave it to you. I know. Everybody can own the word. Come on, right? Karen, Karen has declared that's her word, but you know, uh, but that is the phrase I keep hearing is you ain't seen nothing yet. And I'm like, well, if this is just a glimpse, I, I, I can't even imagine what the next thing is going to be. But we're going to look at Luke 5. We're going to go through a couple of scriptures. We're going to talk about how God is training us to be on high alert. So when that three second breath 
word comes to us. It's not a debate that we go through. It's an obedience that we step into. It is a realm of uh, eternity that God has already planned for us to be a part of and to activate on the earth. Amen. Okay, we're going to start in verse 12, uh, Luke 5. And it says, and it happened when he was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing to be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around. So how did the report went around when he wasn't supposed to tell anybody? How can you not tell what Jesus has done? Why do we have testimonies? Because we've got to hear what Jesus has done, because we know that if one has had a breakthrough, it's a breakthrough for all of us. Right. So how did the word get around if he was supposed to be quiet about it? And how can you be quiet about it if you've been isolated, if you've not been allowed to engage, if you've been persecuted because you had leprosy and suddenly you're clean? Suddenly you're part of society again. However, the port went around concerning him all the more and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. That's kind of a random PS. All this is happening. So he withdrew. But I was talking to the Lord the other day and I was like, so what did you pray about? You know, was it like a prayer of list? Was it just it? Did you just commune? out of the presence? Did you, you know, what did you talk about? And I got, I got nothing. I didn't get a laundry list. I didn't get anything, but I just thought it was so interesting because so, because we think of prayer as being, I'm going with my list of things to work out with how Jesus is going to respond to my list. But I think prayer in this specific thing was I'm going to be with my father and out of being with my father comes everything else I need to accomplish as I go. And that what I, what I feel like God is doing is he's filling us up in the time that we have with him set aside with him so that as we go, those three second instructions are so familiar because we know his voice that we just step into what he's saying because we're one. It's familiar. I was walking through the grocery store the other day, and I know I'm sure this happened to all you. And it was like, you know, you need this. I was like, I do. It's not actually on my list, but I went and got it. I got home. Of course, I needed it. And it sounds like such a stupid thing. Why does God care about what I need on my pantry shelf? But he does. He cares about everything. And he wants us to be so, I could have said, no, I think I have that at home and just gone on. But I was like, okay. And I just went ahead and got it. You know, that is the breath of God just blowing over us. It's just, it's quick. It's simple. It's, it, it, it comes with just enough to stir us, to, to stir our spirit, to know that he's speaking. And we get that out of the withdrawing and spending time with him. And sometimes it's spending time with him as we drive down the road. 
we're just praying and talking and enjoying. I was worshiping this morning as I was coming to church and uh, we had to take separate cars today. And uh, I was just so filled with his presence and teary. And I was like, God, you know, this is so good just to have time. Just to be on the road and, and worship and, and just no agenda, just me and you hanging out. It, it prepares us for what he has for us. And um, I was reading a little bit. Uh, God was talking about race car drivers. And I was like, I don't know anything about race car We went to the races growing up as a kid because my dad loved the races. But it's a loud place to hang out, right? And he loved the infield. So it's loud and dirty. As we put up our tent and slept on the ground. And, but I was reading about the races and um, it was talking about how the Grand Prix run. And it says the cars are so fast that some corners on the Grand Prix uh, tracks generate G-forces greater than a space shuttle re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. I didn't know that. And as they go, they're going at such a high speed. Every decision they make is a, a split second decision. If, if someone wrecks in front of them, if there's a little oil spill, if there's a little drizzle, whatever it is, they have to adjust in a matter of seconds. And that's the way God's training us up, where we are adjusting to his voice in a second's notice. That we can be going down the road or going down the aisles of the store or whatever it is. And, and just as that breath comes across us, it's immediate adjustment to what he's saying. It's that immediate direction or correction or pick up this or stop and do this or call this person. Uh, I, I was going to do an interview with someone and I didn't know the person I wanted to interview, but I knew someone who knew them. And I was uh, getting ready, and, and it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and the Lord said, call that person right now, the person you know. And I called them, and they said, oh, I just got through having coffee with them. Here, let's see if she wants to do the interview with you. But it was like, right now, call her right now. And I did. But that was that, that you know, this is what I want to do. And I I'd thought about it, you know, I don't know, day two, a week earlier. But then all of a sudden, God's like, it's now. Strike while the iron is hot. Strike while the anointing is here. Strike while all the things are lined up. So when you strike, it is in perfect harmony with what the kingdom is doing right now. We're striking and we're striking in these little three moment, three second moments with God. And Jesus, I feel like, I, you know, I have no thought on this other than uh, my own. But I, I actually looked up a couple of commentaries about him withdrawing. And he goes on and uh, in one of the Gospels, it talks about him selecting the disciples. He had withdrawn to select the disciples. And he said, and the commentary was like, well, Jesus went away when he had an important decision. I'm like, I'm not sure. Jesus went away to spend time with his father. And whether he needed refreshing or download or just some time, he just went away. And that prepared him for everything else. So there's a couple other things I want to talk about. I'm going to go to, and I don't know that I gave uh, Kevin this. So Kevin, good luck. <laughs> well, this morning, I will tell you, I told Chuck yesterday, I said, he says, what are you preaching on? I said, I have no idea. And uh, this morning I got up and I'm, you know, I get up early and I'm praying and all this. He said, what's your sermon about? 
nothing. I said, I don't know. And, uh, you know, I'm getting ready and all this kind of stuff. I'm driving up. I finally get a glimpse of what he wants to talk about. And he says, you know, sometimes you have to test out what you're going to preach about. So I've given you just enough to make you feel better. And then I'll tell you what the rest of it's going to be. You know, sometimes God just wants to satisfy our need to have something. When actually, when he expands it all out, it's not anything like you thought it was going to be. It's just enough. So, oh, let me finish up about the Grand Prix. They said that they, the Grand Prix, this is a quote, the drivers must be in a otherworldly shape, which means that because of the level of G's, they must have neck, shoulder, and backs of a power lifter and the stamina of a marathon runner. Now, just think what the Holy Spirit gives us. We're literally able to transcend heaven and earth. We have the ability to do that. Anyhow, I thought that was really interesting. So let's look at uh, uh, Luke 6. So this is verse 6. And this is kind of an example of just thinking about this three seconds. Now, it happened on, the other, on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was, uh, wait a minute, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they may find accusations against him. So here's Jesus. He's about to teach. He sees the withered hand and he sees the religious spirit. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had a withered hand, arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on Sabbath to do good or to do evil? to save life or to destroy. And when he looked around all of them, uh, them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, last week I talked about that this is the year of the church. 2023 is the year of the church. And this is how God has positioned us in the year of the church. He has positioned us to be able to perceive the thoughts of the room, to see what is against us, which would be against the kingdom, to see what God is calling us to do, which is to heal the man with the withered hand, to, to destroy the works of the enemy that would have prevented him from healing the man with the withered hand and showing the kingdom of God. And as we go, we are challenged all the time in thinking through, this is what I've got in front of me. This is what's happening at my work. This is what's happening at my HOA in my neighborhood or, or whatever it is. And I'm going to have opposition and I'm going to have opportunity and they're going to happen in the same time. So what is the breath of God breathing over me in this? By healing the man with the withered hand, he destroyed 
everyone who watched the Pharisees come against him. And he healed the man in order for him to go on with whatever he needed to do. And, you know, it's, um, I can hear you. Okay, so what's going to happen to us, and this was part of the word that Jean gave, is there's going to be a demand put on your anointing that you don't even know you have when you're in a position that God put you in. So what's going to happen is you're going to say, you know, Lord, I don't really know what's coming next, but someone like a man with a withered hand is going to put a demand on the anointing that you're carrying inside that you've never used before. And it's going to open up the door to move you into that new place that God has for you. And you're going to say, God, I don't know how I got here, but the way you got here is because you heard that breath of God come across you. You heard that three second go. And suddenly you're in an anointing that has been broken open because someone had a need that you were willing to step into. And, you know, this is where God has positioned us. We are no longer filing our nails, trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do today? We are God's high alert assignment for the kingdom right now. And it's going to happen quickly and it's going to happen suddenly. And we're going to move into positions with anointings that we didn't even know we had because it is time for this movement of God to occur. And he's looking for the ready and willing who are going to step in. And, you know, even when Matt was talking about, you know, meeting Gina, you know, not really having a thought about a wife. And then he meets Gina. And as soon as he takes the picture, he has a download of a knowing that that's going to be his wife. Now, the courting, we didn't hear the courting. We didn't hear all the long distance romance. I've heard some of that. I mean, there was a lot behind it. It wasn't like, she's going to be my wife. She said yes, and now we're going to get married. It was like flying back and forth from Arkansas to Florida, Florida to Arkansas. You know, there was a process, but it was that moment of knowing that God is moved that set him on a trajectory of a fulfillment of a promise that God had given him. And all of us have testimonies like that. All of us do. And sometimes we have to go back and recall the testimonies of God in order to position us for the next thing. Uh, over this last week or two, I've been going back and kind of reading some of the prophetic words I've received um, and reading some of the, looking at my journals, reading some of the things that God has done and promises fulfilled and all these other kind of things. And what it's done, it's built up an anticipation, an expectation of what is coming next year because I have a calendar that is empty pretty much next year. And But God has said, there's going to be a flurry for us next year. So there's an empty flurry on my desk. There's nothing on there. I have one conference uh, in February and I have one in October. That's all that's on my calendar. Now that's unusual at this time of year. But God's like, I am about to fill that calendar, but you can't write it down because you don't understand what you're going to be doing. 
And that's what God is, is trying to, he's trying to get us to shake loose what we're used to doing so that we can be free to step in what he wants us to do, because it's not going to be like it, like last year. Last year is not going to be next year. Next year is going to be a lot different. Next year is going to be something that I would love to tell you, but I don't know myself. All I know is there's a few things on there, but God's like, leave it alone. Because I'm going to fill it with something that you don't understand yet. So it's not like I'm looking at my calendar saying, God, it looks like I'm going to be bored next year. I'm looking at my calendar because I am who I am. I just want to know. Just tell me. Come on. But, but it's like Jean said, it's going to take someone else. Well, I don't know that you said that. Karen had said that to me. It, we're going to move into something we don't understand. And we can't even figure out what's going on because we don't understand. But we know that it is God training us to be prepared in a moment's notice to try on a dress, to take a picture of a card, you know, to uh, send in that resume, to answer the phone, whatever it is. It's, it's that do it now. To activate what's coming for you. And, you know, we can say, well, I've kind of got my patterns. Who's got a pattern? I got a pattern. You could better raise your hand. I know you've got a pattern. <laughs> we all have patterns. And it is hard to break out of our patterns, especially if they are long-term patterns. And, you know, I'm not saying that God's tell you to quit doing your patterns. I'm just saying you've got to be willing to let go of them when he says it. Because what he has patterned for you is not going to look like the pattern that you have. And I don't know how many ways to say this, but I know God is doing a new thing. And he says, can you not perceive it? But he's given this the ability, just like Jesus did. He perceived their thoughts. We perceive what God is doing. We know that we know that when he says, go get mustard off the shelf, that we better go get mustard off the shelf. Or we're going to get home and there's no mustard for that ham sandwich. And I know that that's a funny thing, but sometimes he has to train us in the natural so we can step into the supernatural. If we're not trained in the things of the natural, then we will have a difficult time stepping into these wonders that he is about to do through us, for us, and to us. I'm going to read that uh, Exodus 34 scripture real quick, and then we're going to read one other one. Um, shoo, Jesus. This kind of stuff makes me like, like, you know how you get like super excited inside, but you're nervous excited? Yes. You know, I'm like, uh, Lori, I'm willing, Lord. Kind of. <laughs> but I really am. I really am. But you want me to do what? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we'll do. So Exodus 34, 10 says, and he said, behold, I make a covenant before you, before, before all your people. I will do marvels such have not been done in all the earth. 
nor in any nation and all the people among whom uh, you are shall see the work of the Lord for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. He's going to do it with us. There's a partnership in it, but it is going to astound and give us a moment of pause and, uh, and, and like those Grand Prix drivers, what I saw since I said pause is those Grand Prix drivers putting their foot all the way on the floor and getting that G force because we're so, uh, captured by what God is doing. One other scripture we're going to look at is Habakkuk. And he was talking to me about this. We're going to go to uh, two. It's a very chapter two, very familiar uh, scripture, but God gave me a little breakdown of it the, uh, this week. Come on, God. You know, Lord, we want, we want it all. And if it's going to shake everything we think and everything we do, shake it. Shake it, Lord. I mean, imagine what is your craziest, wildest wonder with God. And then put it on steroids. And make it an exponential. And you still can't comprehend it. Okay. So it says, verse 1, it says, I will stand my watch and I will set, set myself on the rampart. I will watch and see what he will say to me. So I'm standing my watch. And in another version, it says I'm standing on the tower. I am watching with my eyes so I can see what he is saying. I'm not hearing what he is saying. He is speaking and I am seeing what is coming. I am seeing what he is saying. If he wanted us to hear what he was saying, it would say I would watch and hear what he says. But what he's saying is I'm going to speak and you're going to see what I'm speaking. Think about that. I'm going to see his words come across in a way I can capture with my eyes, both natural and spiritual. And then I'm going to write it down so that other people can read it and they can run with it. So we're in a time where the Lord is speaking what we can see. We are releasing it so that others can read it Read what we've seen with the hearing of our eyes and run with it. God is amazing. It's funny how you take these little words, because when I think of seeing, I think of someone's going to show me a picture, but he's going to speak so I can see. And not only that, it's he's going to allow us to take that and release it so other people can run with it. That does work, doesn't it? God, we're all over it. So that's that eternity. That's Karen's big thing now, eternity. We are walking into what eternity has already accomplished.
because it is the Kairos moment on earth for things to occur. And there is a sovereignty of God's move right now that is really, I don't know if overriding is the right, right word, but it is overlaying, yeah, superimposed over what is occurring right now. And it's something like uh, Exodus 34, 10 says, it's something that we've never seen. It's something that we can't necessarily comprehend with our natural mind, but our spirit has already been prepared to step in to what is occurring right now. We just have to be willing. We just have to be willing to try that dress on again. We just have to be willing to take a picture because we don't want to lose the anointing that God has released. The fulfillment of the covenant promise that he's made. Because Matt could have thrown the card away and say, yeah. Marquita could have said, no, thanks, God. But God's like, I'm doing a wonder that's going to move from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we go from glory to glory, which is part of the momentum in where we are in the kingdom flooding the earth right now. Like a Grand Prix track. It's so fast. There's so much G-force. But it is a great, great time, right? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's pray. How I just want to release something of you. Do you have something, Gene? You're rocking over there. Sometimes he gets rocking. I think he's got something for me. He's cold. Sharon, could you lend him your wrap? <laughs> let's pray. Let's pray. Whew. So, Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you that um, that you have prepared our eyes to hear. God, we thank you that in those three second moments. You have trained us to step in. And when we step in, it breaks op open heaven over earth. God, we thank you that you've hidden, you've hidden anointings and giftings in us. will come out of us as someone puts a demand on it, as there is a need, the withered hand, Lord. God, we just thank you that this is a season. So we just receive that impartation of, of uh, revelation and movement of heaven that is being released in this hour. Not only will we be able to discern and perceive and to know, but we will also be able to release and heal and deliver and break open financial situations and reconcile family situations that will be able to change the course of people's lives because of what this season has been opened up for us. So Lord, we just thank you that that this is a Kairos time. That this is a Kairos time. And we are uh, 
what I keep seeing is we're putting the clock on the shelf and we're stepping into the whirlwind of your presence. So, so God, you take care of the chronos time and we step into the kairos time and, and just move in that fluid flow of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.